This is the month dedicated to the Blessed Virgin Mary, the month of May. I hope you're praying your rosaries every single day or you're not on the team. Amen. I'm on duty. Terry, what about you? Yes, I'm on duty. I always tell people we're two evangelical Catholics with PhDs in common sense, and common sense ain't that common. I get letter after letter, email after email, Jesse, saying, man, you guys are terrific because you just tell it like it is. Jesse, there's no other way we couldn't be who we are if we couldn't tell people the truth about the gospel. Just today's show, I can't believe we're going to do this. I'm so happy. One of the um, Archbishop of San Francisco, Archbishop Cordelion, is basically telling Nancy Pelosi, you're barred from Holy Communion, which I've been praying for bishops to do this since I was a, since I had hair on my head. I'll be honest with you, Jesse, it's been a long time. So it's great news. And we're going to look at all the U.S. bishops. Uh, less than 5% of them have come out and said, Yay, that, that's a good thing to do, which I'd like to see the other 95% say that, say that this is what we need to be doing as shepherds. We'll talk about that. And also our good friend Doug Berry will come on the fourth segment. He's got some good information. He's doing some projects that he wanted to let you, our listeners, know. But before we do any of that, what do we usually do? We get the gospel of the day. We call it soul food, Jess. Yeah, let's do some soul food, and then there's a lot of need-to-know stuff. Oh, good. Need-to-know information that uh, we'll talk about. Okay, today's Holy Gospel, John chapter 15, verse 26 and following. Very short. Mm -hmm. Jesus said to his disciples, when the advocate comes, the word advocate means lawyer. When the advocate comes, whom I will send you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify to me, and you also testify because you have been with me from the beginning. I have told you this so that you may not fall away. They will expel you from synagogues. In fact, the hour is coming when everyone who kills you will think he is offering worship to God. They will do this because they have not known either the Father or me. I have told you this so that when your, so that when your hour comes, you may remember that I told you. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. A couple of things jump out at me there. Verse 26, when, when Jesus says, uh, the Holy Spirit whom I will send. Notice that the Holy Spirit comes forth from the Father, John 14, 16, and the Son, John 16, 7. That's, that's why as Catholics we have that uh, built into the Nicene Creed because the New Testament says they come from both the Father in John 14, 16, and the Son in John 16, verse 7, I guess, uh, again, th that was a big uh, debate between the, the, the East and the West. The, the Eastern Catholics were saying, no, 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 no. The, the Holy Spirit only comes from the Father. No, 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 no. Uh, we, we beg to defer. The New Testament says the Holy Spirit also comes from the Son, John 16, verse 7. Also, we know that the mission of the Holy Spirit in history is a reflection of the procession of the Spirit in eternity. So this expression in the Nicene Creed, which says that the Holy Spirit proceeds from the Father and the Son, is based on the New Testament. Also, verse 2 jumps out at me in John chapter 16, verse 2, where it says, uh, our Lord talks about that uh, they will expel you from synagogues. In other words, the Jews that became Catholic Christians back in the first century, they were being excommunicated from fellowship of Israel. They were being excommunicated from the synagogues. Why? Because according to them, 
they were uh, it, they they saw Christianity as, as as a Jewish heresy because they believed once again they believed that uh, that God was a solitary monotheistic being. They couldn't fathom that God was a trinity of persons. That's something that they it was beyond their comprehension at that point in salvation history. And we also know that this passage here tells us. The hour is coming when everyone who kills you will think he is offering worship to God. In the Old Testament, apostates were allowed to be killed by fellow Jews. In Numbers chapter 25, verses 1 to 3. So, slain apostates from Judaism as a sacrifice to the Lord was something that was permitted in Old Testament Judaism. That's why it's written in today's gospel, because it was a permitted practice amongst the Jews also, the Muslims also uh, practice slaying apostates. It's in the Quran. And you also find communists, again, uh, it says, you know, uh, the hour is coming when everyone who kills you will think he is worshiping, worshiping God. Communists kill Catholics not because they worship God, it's because they believe that the state is God. So again, what, whatever, uh, whatever they believe takes the place of God, and, and they think that, once again, Communists reject Jesus, Jews reject Jesus, and Muslims reject Jesus. So it's no wonder that we have uh, we have uh, these three people persecuting us. Terry, go ahead. I got, I got something, my something jumped out at me, Jesse. Go ahead. Yeah, jumped go. out at me on that scripture verse is the temperature of the church. In other words, folks, the idea that if we're at one with the world as a church, the church isn't doing too well. So when you hear the world... Going and saying, yeah, that a boy, Catholic Church, you're doing great. Keep it up. Keep it up. That's a red flag. We're never going to be at peace with the world. That's what the Bible says. So I just wanted to remind you of that. Let's bring the smartest guy into the room, which is Archbishop Fulton Sheen. Let's bring full, full Sheen ahead. Folks, I've been bragging about Bishop Athanasius Snyder and his book on the Catholic Mass. We have him here at our studio here at the office if you want to get a copy. Here's a quote with Fulton Sheen and Bishop Snyder about the Mass. It says, At every holy Mass, the angels are there. In all their splendor, the saints are there. In all their glory, Mary is there with all her love. And all above, God is there in all of his majesty. Truly, at every holy Mass, the entire kingdom of God dwells before and within us. Think about this, folks. What a gift the Holy Mass is to the world. As a matter of fact, Jesse, one of the gifts that I think of from Bishop Snyder's book is that he talks about the beauty of the priesthood. Well, this weekend I'm going to be up in Sacramento talking about rosaries for priests with Father Don Calloway. But think about it. Without the priest, we have no Mass. We have no Eucharist. We have no penance of confession the priesthood is essential to our Catholic faith. So the next time you go to Mass, think about the words of Bishop Snyder about what's present. Remember that the angels are there. God in his majesty is there. Truly, at every holy Mass, the entire kingdom of God dwells before and within us. Amen. That is a powerful thought. That's why the Mass is the source and summit of the Christian life. Jess, you got some good news uh, information. Yeah, a couple of needs to know items. Yeah. Number one, Elon Musk says that Joe Biden is wrong 
to think he was elected to transform the country. <laughs> so Elon Musk says, he's, you're he's, wrong. You weren't elected for that. Also, another need to know filed yeah. uh, Biden's Hispanic approval ratings is tanking. A Quinnac University poll released Wednesday found that President Biden's approval rating amongst Hispanic voters has plummeted to a new low of just 26%. Biden's now less popular amongst Hispanics than among any other demographic group in the country, including any age or gender groups, according to the poll. Also, uh, the once conservative magazine called National Review is no longer a conservative magazine. The the publisher of the most important conservative magazine oh, no. in the last 60 years is now in a same-sex marriage. Oh, no. Uh, yes. So, uh, so, yeah, Peter Wolfgang writes, I suspect a lot of National Review's longtime readers don't know this. I wouldn't have known it if a local newspaper hadn't run an article on Buke's husband, Bradley. So Wolfgang recalls that the magazine had printed a cover story in 2015 on the conservative case for gay marriage. So... Uh, it's no longer a conservative magazine. It's been taken over by homosexuals. Also, Judge blocks Biden on Title 42. This news: a federal dis- district judge, Robert Summerhays, yes. temporarily halted the Biden administration's plan to end Title 42, <laughs> a pandemic public health order that allowed the federal government to expel people who had crossed the border illegally. So today's ruling is a significant win as Title 42 is one of the few policies that is actually working, according to Arizona Attorney General Mark Branovich. And finally, and we'll be talking about <laughs> this, this good, in the next yes. segments, yeah. the Pelosi record. <clears throat> Speaker Pelosi uh, has served in the U.S. House of Reps for 35 years. Her pro-abortion position has garnered increased attention from both sides of the political aisle since he, she became Speaker in the House in 2007. In addition to supporting abortion so unbendingly, she's earned a 100% voting record from pro-abortion giant NARAL. Yep. Pelosi also regularly cites her Catholic faith in her arguments for abortion on demand without limitations, calling herself a devout Catholic. Uh, but uh, we'll talk more about her on the next segment. And just a quick note, she also has won awards from Planned Parenthood. Uh, Nancy Pelosi. So that speaks volumes. Just one more good news. Pope Francis prays a pro-life event in Rome this Sunday. And I appreciate the Pope coming out and saying, you know, keep doing what you're doing. He says life is always sacred and unavoidable. So, you know, we need that from the top to the bottom, from the from the Pope to bishops to priests to support the issue of pro-life. So I just want to thank the Holy Father for doing that. And when we come back, you're right, we're going to talk about San Francisco's Archbishop, Archbishop Cordelion, and what he did, and what I think every bishop should be doing, just from my perspective, because it's out of charity what Bishop Strick, what Bishop, Athen- no, Bishop, um, Archbishop Cordelioni did. I get too many bishops in my head. Lightheart. What, what he did, yeah, Liner, what he did is what he did is his duty, and that is to warn people when they're in serious sin that they could go to hell. If they continue going in that direction, and that's what he did. It's charity express. Stay with us, family. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. 
Breaking news over the weekend, San Francisco Archbishop bars pro-abortion Nancy Pelosi from Holy Communion. Hear, hear. Amen. Yep. Uh, so the, the fake Catholic legislator, Nancy Pelosi, who supports procured abortion after knowing the teachings of the church, commits a manifestly grave sin, which is a cause of the most serious scandal to others. San Francisco Archbishop Lionheart Salvatore Cordelioni, which means Lionheart, has instructed the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, an outspokenly pro-abortion Democrat, not to present herself for Holy Communion in his diocese. Here's what he told her, quote, you're, You're not to present yourself for Holy Communion, and should you do so, you're not to be admitted to Holy Communion until such time as you publicly repudiate your, your advocacy for the legitimacy of abortion and confess and receive absolution of this grave sin in the sacrament of penance, close quote. Corleone also wrote to Pelosi in a notification delivered yesterday and a couple of days ago and published uh, a few days ago as well. As of the press time, the web page on which the Archdiocese of San Francisco posted the letter displayed an error message the Catholic Church teaches that the Eucharist is the literal body, blood, soul, and divinity of Christ. And the Church teaches that no Catholic who has committed a mortal sin is to prevent himself or herself for Holy Communion until he or she has confessed that sin in the sacrament of confession. Terry? Jesse, just a quick note. We're going to go on and talk about Canon Law 915, and that's something Jesse and I brought up many times. But I just want to remind everybody, even non-Catholics, I was at a breakfast every Saturday. I go once a month old uh, high school coaches of mine and they're in their 80s and many of them aren't Catholic and they even brought it up that, hey, I'm glad your church is coming out and saying, you know, people who aren't in union with your church shouldn't receive Holy Communion. Even non-Catholics know that. And so I think this is the scandal is that we just haven't been true to what we actually teach. Mm -hmm. And I think even non-Catholics see that. But the Catholic Church, as you said, just teaches the real presence. But Canon 19, 9... 15 of the canon law instructs that those who have been excommunicated or interdicted after imposition of a declaration of penalty and other obstinately uh, uh, persevering in the manifest grave sin are not to be admitted to Holy Communion. And just a Catholic legislator who supports and procures abortion after knowing the teachings of the church, I mean, let's be objective about it. It's committing a manifestly grave sin, which is a cause that most serious scandal to others. Therefore, the universal church law provides that such a person are not to be admitted to Holy Communion. Jess, let me give you my example. And actually, you know what I'm going to do? Is that really the time? No, it can't be. Yeah, I'm going to give you my example of a dad. For you, you or I, one of our kids is living in objective mortal sin. And you say nothing, and I say nothing. Mm. This is not the right time for that. No. So we're going to say, so what do I say to my son, I tell him, or my daughter, repent, basically, because I'm your dad. What you're doing is offensive to God, yep. and you're endangering yourself to go to hell. Now, that's would be a response from a good dad. So when a priest is a shepherd of a flock, or a bishop, or even the pope, and he doesn't speak out for the faith, then what is that doing? He's, he's not doing his duty. And St. Pope Felix III said it well back five, 1,500 years ago. When he said not to oppose error is to approve it, not to defend the truth is to suppress it, and indeed to neglect to confound evil men when we can do it is no less a sin than to encourage them. So here's my point, Jess. We're actually at using charity here. Archbishop 
uh, Cordelione is being very charitable to Nancy to tell her, knock it off because you're in danger of going to hell. We are saying the same thing to all of our bishops, only less than 5% speaking up on this. Bishops, out of charity, you know, you're going to have your exit interview too. Just like me as a dad, I can't uh, agree with my kids living in mortal sin. I have to call them out. Mm-hmm. If you have a shepherd and you're responsible for the flock, then you have to act accordingly. And accordingly is to call the sheep back to repentance. That's my take, Jess. Yep. Uh, and we I can, we can thank, actually, Cardinal Joseph Ratzinger for oh, yeah. clarifying this, this is back in 2004. Because if it wasn't for him, there yeah. still be debates amongst bishops as to what they can and can't do. Just like Akita Japan said, that bishops and cardinals will be arguing against each other. But Cardinal Joseph Ratzinger, he made it quite clear back in 2004 because he wrote a letter to the U.S. bishops which, by the way, uh, this is important uh, to make the point about. Yeah, yeah. Which, which it McCarrick. was McCarrick. It was McCarrick didn't uh, didn't. He modified the letter. He yes, didn't show exactly. it the right was. He, he marked off things. This was an evil man. Let's go. Yes, Ted, uh, yeah. Teddy McCarrick, uh, defrocked uh, cardinal. Yep. He modified the letter written he by did. Cardinal Ratzinger. He, he didn't did. want the U.S. bishops to see nope. what the CDF was writing, but Cardinal Ratzinger. Uh, regarding, and he was addressing the issue about receiving Holy Communion for pro-abortion politicians. This was back when Kerry was running against Bush. That was a that was a political climate. So Corleone told the Speaker of the House, he said this, quote, I am grateful to you for the time you have given me in the past to speak about these matters. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, wrote, he wrote this letter to Pelosi. Yeah. Unfortunately, I have not received such an accommodation to my many requests to speak with you again since you vowed to codify the Supreme Court's Roe versus Wade decision in federal law following upon the passage of the Texas Senate Bill 8 last September. He also writes, Corleone wrote her, that is why I communicated my concerns to you via letter on April 7th, 2002 and and informed you there that you should not publicly or that you should, yeah, that you should not publicly repudiate your advocacy for abortion rights or else refrain from referring to your Catholic faith in public and receiving Holy Communion. I would have no choice but to make a declaration, in keeping with Canon 915, that you are not to be admitted to Holy Communion, the Archbishop continued. Jesse, let me jump in for yeah. a minute. He says, I would have no choice but to make a declaration in keeping with Canon law. In other words, he acknowledges that that Canon, he's responsible to enforce the Church yeah. teachings. What does that say about other bishops? Yeah, he's the chief catechist of the diocese. All the bishops are the chief catechists. Yes, of the that's diocese. my point. They, ha- they don't have a choice if they want to make the right. Yes. If they want to get to heaven, let's be honest. That, if they important. want to get to heaven, if they want to get to hell, keep your mouth shut. Yep. And, and you'll be jumping over the trap door of hell. Yep. If you want to get to heaven, you better speak the truth and love like a lion. That's charity, what you just said. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And uh, so uh, Corleone writes to, to Pelosi, mm-hmm. quote, as you have not publicly right. repudiated your position on abortion, and continue to refer to your Catholic faith in justifying your position and to receive Holy Communion, that time has now come. Close quote. Wow. Corleone is saying, look at man, you push me up against the wall. Yep. You, you leave no me no room to even to to, to even uh, try to you know touch your heart as a pastor, pastorly, uh, because he's already tried the pastoral approach. Right. It's it hasn't worked. He's cut him off. So so he yeah, so He's tried to give her mercy. It hasn't worked. Now he's going to give her Moses. He's going to give her justice. And Jesse, this is an interesting thing. I know people say they've heard of Archbishop Cordelion. When I met him when he was down in San Diego, befriended him there when he was the arch when he was the bishop of Oakland, 
in 2012, we were all praying, as Father Fessio told us, to pray for the next Archbishop of San Francisco because we're going to need a good bishop to not compromise anything on the faith. And so let's get our prayers and make sacrifices because that decision's coming out quickly. Well, that particular week, I ended up picking up the Bishop of Oakland, whose name is Bishop Cordelion. And so I was telling him what Father Fessio said, and he said to me, oh, Terry, you better pray awful hard because that bishop's going to need your prayers to be able not to compromise. I said, oh, I, I'm, yeah, I'm, we're praying, Bishop. Well, little did I know, Jess, he was already named. The nuncio already told him he would be that Archbishop of San Francisco that I was referring about praying for. But he could not, under a seal of silence, say anything about him knowing that he's the Archbishop of San Francisco. I found it humorous a week or two or three later when I found out he was the guy. And so I've never caught, I've never really, I've seen him so many other times later, but I've never joked about that, that he couldn't say that he was that bishop. But this is the man people have been praying for. And like I said, in his letter, he said, I agonized over this for years. Mm -hmm. What does that say? People's prayers work. Yeah. And and again, once again, we can thank uh, Cardinal Joseph Ratzinger for clarifying this. Back in July 2004, yep. he wrote fr- from as, as the head of the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith, he wrote a letter to the U.S. bishops. It was given to McCarrick. He tried to spike the letter. <laughs> he did. Uh, the, the letter was called, the, the, the teaching for the CDF was called Worthiness to Receive Holy Communion. It was an official document from the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith. And there, Cardinal Ratzinger declared that if a Catholic politician's formal cooperation in grave sin of abortion or euthanasia becomes manifest by consistently campaigning and voting for permissive abortion and euthanasia laws, the politician's pastor is obliged to instruct the politician about the church's teachings and inform him that he should not present himself for holy communion as long as the objective situation of sin uh, persists, warning him or her mm-hmm. that if he or her does not present, does not present him and herself in those circumstances, he or she will be refused uh, and and so Corleone followed the 2004 teaching That's right. to the letter, exactly. to the letter. And by the way, this 2004 <laughs> teaching was also implemented or, or it was ruled upon by the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith under Cardinal Raymond Leo Burke back in 2007. He was the prefect of the Supreme Tribunal yep. of the Apostolic Signatura. And uh, and there was many cases that came to him. And he cited Pope Benedict, uh, uh, Carl Ratzinger, uh, uh, to rule on these cases. This gave him precedent uh, to rule again in the tribunal on cases that came up with similar situations. And this undermines the faith when this isn't being said, because people say, well, hey, I've already listened to a America magazine podcast over the weekend, Jesse, and they're saying to Bishop Cordelion, hey, aren't you being political? Aren't you making the Eucharist a political football? He says, that has nothing to do with this. This is about her soul. And I loved his answer. But just one quick note. Nancy Pelosi continues to say she is a devout Catholic. Mm. And Bishop Strick, uh, excuse me, Archbishop Cordelion makes the point that that's scandalous. You can't call yourself a devout Catholic in saying this. But just for those people who say, well, I'm pro-choice as a Catholic— and I'm, you're not going to stop me from receiving Holy Communion. Jesse, those people, 
when we call a sacrilegious, I think we could talk about what is a sacrilegious communion and what does that affect on your soul? You want to just take a minute and explain what a sacrilegious communion is? It's just an, it's another mortal sin on top of the mortal sin that you already have in your soul. And it's essentially a sacrilege is essentially the sin of unbelief, yep. the sin of hardness of heart, the sin of giving into intellectual assent to the dogmas, doctrines and teachings of the Catholic Church as revealed by Christ. And so a sacrilege uh, is mm -hmm. is another mortal sin compounded to the one that you already have. And once again, let's just be quite clear. The catechism says if you die in mortal sin, you'll go to hell. And Corleone's more concerned about her soul than he is about her feelings. And when we come back, we're going to get a talk about the list of the bishops who are speaking out on support of Archbishop Cor de Leon's decision to ban Pelosi from Holy Communion. And I would say this applies to all of us. If we are living in mortal sin, we shouldn't be going to, com to communion. We need to get the confession. That's all of us, including me, myself. And yes, we all have the same rules. Stay with us, family. We'll be back with more on the Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. There's a list of courageous bishops mm -hmm. yeah. speaking out in support of their brother bishop, uh, Archbishop Corleone from San Francisco. It's, it's a, this is fascinating, uh, what's happening in the country right now. Uh, after Archbishop Salvatore Corleone announced that he will bar House Speaker Nancy Pelosi from receiving communion in her home, in her home Archdiocese of San Francisco, a growing number of, of other American archbishops and bishops have vowed their support for the decision. As of Friday, there was so far nine prominent Catholic churchmen had weighed in with the support for their brother bishop, but I think the number is up to about 13 right yeah, now. Yeah, 13 as of Saturday evening. Yep. Yeah. And and Terry, here's all that's really going to happen is uh, Nancy Pelosi, to be honest with you, she spends much of her time in Washington. Yeah. Uh, the Washington Archbishop or Cardinal is Gregory. not going to withhold Holy Communion from her. No. He's already said. He said that. So all she's going to do, she's just going to make sure that she doesn't go to the cathedral in San Francisco when Corleone's there. Uh, she, she, she spends most of her time. Uh, in Washington, so she's just going to receive Holy Communion from uh, a, a liberal progressive uh, cardinal like Wilton Gregory. And when she's in her home diocese, she'll shop around because, again, you know, 50% of the diocese are typically have modernists and 50% of them have Orthodox priests. So she'll go to a modernist priest and she'll get Holy Communion. Um, a modernist is going to disregard what, uh, what uh, Archbishop Corleone has, has instructed them. Yeah, no, that's a fact. And, and I will say this. Uh, she also has Pelosi also has a like a vacation house in Santa Rosa diocese and Bishop Vaughn or Bishop um, oh, Vasa, Vasa. Vasa Bishop Vasa who we know quite well solid bishop he's already been on record saying that if she comes into his diocese she will implement what Archbishop uh, will do on Nancy Pelosi she will not he receive Holy Communion at her at her uh, vacation home so I would expect and I would hope to see more bishops stand up to this because we're going to go down with bishops that are saying, hey, this is a good thing out of charity. But again, we need to pray that all of our bishops are in unison on this because it's it's like saying, uh, you know, the policy of the Catholic Church is abortion is murder. Well, then we have to act like it and show people that we mean it because 
What's happening, Jesse, is scandal comes play, takes place when we're not all on the same page, when, when they can receive Holy Communion saying, well, I'm pro-choice, but I still receive Holy Communion. Well, someone needs to lovingly tell you not to do that because you're endangering your soul to go to hell. That's charity. Yeah, and what's going to what will end up happening Tell me. in a lot of these cases, like, uh, again, even when he go, she goes to the Santa Rosa Diocese, she's going to shop around yep. for a modernist priest out there who's, yep. you know, pro-LGBT and, and, yeah. and, and you'll find somebody. Yep. Again, because not every not every priest is obedient to their bishop. Not every priest is obedient to Bishop Vasa. No. Nope. The modernists aren't. No. Nope. And the LGBT. Oh, and and not every priest is uh, not the modernists and the homosexual LGBT pro- they're not faithful to uh, Bishop Corleone either, so uh, it's it's a good it's a good step in the right direction. Uh, I wish there was more muscle behind it. What I mean by that, there's over 300 Catholic bishops in the U.S. Over 300 Catholic bishops. I can give you the exact count if I look on the internet. It's 300 and change. Yeah. And there's only as of Saturday 13 that have spoken out. That's 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 a paltry number. It is. Uh, some of the ones that have spoken out, just so you know. Uh, Bishop Donald Hying, Diocese of Madison, was with uh, Wisconsin, spoke out in favor of Corleone. Archbishop Samuel Aquila, Archdiocese of Denver, Colorado, spoke out uh, in favor of, of uh, what, what uh, Bishop uh, Corleone did. Bishop Joseph Strickland, surprise, surprise, Jesse, out of Texas. I like his comment the best because Read he it. said Bishop Strickland posted a report saying this: "Thank you, thank you, thank you," three times in honor of the Trinity. Archbishop Cordy Lamb for lovingly telling Nancy Pelosi in the truth of Jesus Christ. I love that. But he said this. Now, may every bishop. See, this is what he gets in trouble with, Jesse. Yeah. May every bishop follow the lead of Archbishop Cordelion and make it clear that elected leaders who vehemently speak against the sanctity of life must be strongly corrected if Catholics are admonished to live their faith. Strickland at it. See, out of charity. That's what we're saying. So there, there's other bishops. Go ahead, Jess. What about the Bishop of Lincoln? Bishop James Comley also spoke out. Diocese of Lincoln, Nebraska, he spoke out in, yeah. in, in support of Corleone. Yep. Uh, bishop Robert Vasa, Diocese of Santa Rosa, California, spoke yep. out in support of his brother, Bishop yep. Corleone. Bishop Michael Barber, Diocese of Oakland, California, also spoke out in favor of Bishop Corleone. Uh, bishop Thomas Paprocki. He's a good Spring, man. Diocese of Springfield, Illinois. He also spoke out in favor of Bishop Corleone. Can I just jump in for a minute, Jesse? You're naming these bishops. And last summer, I shared this. I was at the Napa Institute. And all these bishops that you just named, these last three bishops. Were there. Yeah, not only were there. I went to go make my holy hour at 5 in the morning at this conference because they have a Blessed Sacrament Chapel. And who do I see in that chapel praying before Probably Jesus? Most of them. Most of the ones they named. Yes, you just said that. And they were praying the rosary. We, we prayed a rosary with these bishops before the Blessed Sacrament made our holy hour. And I just want to say that, Jesse, I really believe that the bishops who are speaking in support of the life issue really have a grasp of their Catholic faith, and they're very devout. I'm not going to point out that the other guys aren't devout. I have no idea what... but. Maybe they just don't have the courage. These guys get the courage to speak the truth, even when they're going to be persecuted. And that applies to what we just taught. You just taught about the gospel today, that if the world hates you, then you know you're doing right. So those who don't speak up for life, the world says, keep it up, bishops. Don't say a word. We love you. And that tells you that uh, you can't serve God and man. 
And that tells me something else tell very me, clearly is that those that don't speak out yeah. are are influenced by modernism, of course, Marxism, yeah, amen, or Masonry. Uh, probably M all three. M M yeah. Or some of them are influenced by all three. Yep. So whoever's not speaking out is influenced or may be a modernist, a Marxist, or a Mason. Because this is a no-brainer. This is like this is like a math teacher asking other math teachers, is one plus one two? I think you get universal consensus that one plus one is two. Even if it doesn't matter what political affiliation they're, they're from. This is a no-brainer. This is a constant teaching of the Catholic Church. And again, in case people didn't realize it, it was clarified by Pope uh, Cardinal Joseph Ratzinger clearly that this is how you interpret Canon 915. And then three years later, it was clearly once again ratified by Cardinal uh, Raymond Burke, who was uh, you know, chief, chief Supreme Court Justice of the, of, of the Tribunal in Rome. Uh, and so, so we already know that this is the longstanding teaching of the church. So whoever doesn't apply it as a shepherd of the church is not using their crozier. What's a crozier for? <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's supposed to be used to discipline and also to drive out the enemies, the wolves. Jesse, remember in November of last year, you and I were in Baltimore, Maryland. It was the bishops' conference, and the question came up, should we ban uh, politicians from Holy Communion? And you and I were there. We, we saw Bishop Strickland there, and we had a nice chat. He asked me, hey, can you say a little prayer? Because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rattle some feathers. I'm going to go in and, and tell our guys, now this isn't publicly. Hey, am I on the radio, Jess? Yeah, it is. I guess it's publicly now. He says, he says, I'm going to call the guys. And so, you know that we need to just have one voice on this, so that everybody in the world knows the sanctity of life is sacred in the Catholic Church. And so he made a passion plea to tell, hey guys, let's get all on the same page. Well, you can imagine he didn't, you know, succeed. Not everybody agreed with him, but. I happen to think, this is my point, Jess, that these bishops who are coming out, make a note of who these guys are. Thank them with a note. Send them a note, because you can get their address pretty easily, saying thank you for speaking out the truth, because this is like a company, Jess, here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Do you really think we'd have an employee, Jesse, who didn't think, uh, you know, thought that uh, abortion is okay, that killing an innocent life, do you really think they'd be on our team? Hmm. No. What would we say? We would say, you know what? That's part of who we are. If you don't yeah. like it, then don't don't join our team. You know, don't be on the Virgin Most Powerful Radio team because uh, we have a, a mission here, and that is the salvation of souls. Well, how much more bishops who are shepherds for souls, if they don't speak out for their souls that are living in mortal sin, again, it's like a dad that doesn't do his job. He's going to be called on it on his exit interview. So out of charity, bishops, speak out. Let's get all 300 bishops on the same page because you know what? The Bible's on the same page. The teachings of the church is very clear. It's the same page, but we need to implement it with all of our yeah. leaders. Let me give some more credit. I got an updated list. Good, uh, hit it, good. Uh, another bishop that's spoken out in favor of, yeah. Corleone, Bishop Leon Carey, Diocese of Baker, Oregon. Yep, he's good. Another bishop, Bishop Thomas Daly, Diocese of Spokane, Washington, yep. also spoken good out in favor. Of ours. Yep. Uh, bishop Michael Olson, Diocese of Fort Worth, Texas, also spoken out in, ba in favor of Corleone. And Bishop James Wall, Diocese of Gallup, New Mexico, has also approvingly spoken out in favor of Cordione's message. So more are jumping on board, thanks be to God. Uh, 
Archbishop Corleone has once again lived up to his name, Lionheart. Jesse, when you mentioned Bishop Thomas Daly, he went to school with my wife at USF mm. in, in the uh, 80s. Mm. And he was an auxiliary bishop of San Francisco. And then he went to Spokane. Wonderful uh, bishop. But here's what he said. And I love, he says, I fully support Archbishop Corleone. No bishop enjoys making these decisions, right? But he says, but we are all bound to teach the truth with love, compassion, and he says, and without compromise. See, this is a balance. Yes, you want to love the sinner. But how do you love a sinner, Jesse? You give him the truth, right? That's right. Exactly. The, the truth is a medicine. Exactly. And, and sometimes medicine doesn't taste good, but uh, that's exactly <laughs> what we all need because the truth will set us free. I've got to say, well, amen to all these bishops who yes. are speaking up. May God raise up more faithful shepherds so they can lead the Catholic faithful with genuine courage. Because we know that the harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. Yep. And so we've ha- we got to keep praying to the Lord of the harvest to send out labors into his harvest, specifically bishops, so they can, uh, so they can uh, guide us to heaven uh, as lambs amidst these wolves. Because that's exactly where we're around. We're around a bunch of wolves. You got we it. Are called, we're, we're called God's flock, God's lambs. And that leads us right into the next segment with our good friend Doug Berry, preparing for the globalist persecution. Whoa. Wait till you hear that. Doug Berry, our good friend, he will be on after a short break. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse Show. Among all these things, we're too blessed to be stressed. We're too anointed to be disappointed. And if hope was money, all of us would be billionaires because our hope is in Jesus Christ. Stay with us, family. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. We've got our brother in Christ, our good friend Doug Barry. He's on with us, and he's going <laughs> to share with us how to prepare. Let's just be honest for this globalist persecution. Absolutely. They have, uh, they have one plan up their sleeve. When that fails, they have another plan. And uh, I, know, I know Doug is very involved in teaching Catholic men not only their Catholic faith, obviously, but also just how to survive in this crazy world of globalists. Doug, welcome to the Terry and Jesse Show. You're up. We're all ears, brother. It is awesome to be with you guys. <laughs> I am honored. Thank you so much. Right back at you, brother. Tell us what's going on, Doug. And I also want to recommend to people to subscribe to your YouTube channel that you and Father do. So continue, please. Yeah, that's the U.S. Grace Force YouTube channel. We also have the BR Coalition YouTube channel. Good. Um, yeah, and you know what, guys? We see it uh, all over the place. Baby formula shortage is a big one right now that's in the news. We just heard a report that came out yesterday. Uh, Fox News and several others picked it up that Zelensky in the Ukraine says we have about 10 weeks. And this is echoed by an expert uh, reporting to the U.N. Security Council. 10 weeks left of wheat in many parts of the world. Wow. Uh, the food shortage is ramping up. The war has done an enormous amount of damage to it, but a lot of these problems were already in place beforehand. Right. Obviously, with the issue regarding COVID, the lockdowns, the supply chain problems, but these things are still building. We know there's other rounds coming out. Like you said, Jess, at the beginning here, they got one plan and then they moved to another, they moved to another. Yep. This, yep. this is so lined up. So yeah, we, we know these food shortages are there, fuel shortages, fertilizer, even neon, which is important in computer chips, obviously for automobiles, computers, a whole host of other things. 
So yeah, guys, these things are all lining up. So, you know, we've been pushing the Battery Coalition, trying to help people get better prepared spiritually and physically. And I just got to warn people right now, it takes time to prepare. It takes time to, to get, a, get an assessment of your situation, go to the store, start getting the items that you need, build community with other people, learn how to garden, learn how to raise chickens, find these resources to sustain because we cannot rely on the government. We cannot rely on, on Red Cross and FEMA and these organizations. That's not what's going to save us. We have to be our own first responders in these areas. Well said. Yeah. You know, Doug, it's uh, once, once you accept the reality, a lot of people have a hard time accepting the reality. And this is the reality. It's in, in as succinct as I can say it. They're trying to kill us. Mm. Who? Yeah. Globalists. Who are these globalists? Well, these are these are people that believe that the rest of us are earth eaters. We just take up oxygen and we just take up space here. And a lot of these guys are Freemasons. A lot of these globalists are Freemasons. They're, they're part of these secret societies. One of the Ten Commandments of Freemasonry is to reduce the world's population to 500 million people. Right. That would mean that we'd have to get rid of 7.5 billion people uh, Bill Gates is totally behind this and all these other billionaire globalists. Bill Gates' father was a Mason as well. Uh, and that, that's uh, uh, that's undisputable. He was also part of the Board of Directors for Planned Parenthood. They'll use the term depopulation. But let's talk like men. They're trying to kill us. Mm -hmm. those, that they, th those that they regard as earth eaters, taking up oxygen, taking up space, uh, that's exactly what they're planning on doing because these guys have a fascination with death. That's something I can't wrap my mind around, Doug. Yeah, it's so it's it's Luciferian, and you are exactly yeah. right. And if anybody doubts it, they need to go out and look at the Guidestone Monument outside Atlanta, Georgia. Yep. It's a Masonic monument. It's been there since the '80s, and the number one of their, as you say, Ten Commandments, which is spot on, is to reduce the population to approximately 500 million people. You know, Klaus Schwab, Great Reset, head of the World Economic Forum, he has talked about the need for wars and even diseases and such that can be effective in helping to do these things. So, you know, now we've got the monkeypox, and it was just reported this morning that Belgium, and I haven't followed up to really detail to see if it's accurate, uh, CNBC, I guess, reports that Belgium is starting to do a mandatory lockdowns yep. due to monkeypox. Yeah. All right, so these things, like you say, one after another, but we've got to be better prepared. You know, we have a course out there called the Battle Ready Emergency Preparedness Course. I really want to encourage people to go out to brcoalition.com forward slash course, brcoalition.com forward slash course. We're running a special on this through the end of tomorrow. This is a four hour, very immersive, comprehensive course that covers five main things that we all need, water, food, shelter, medical and defense. We need to be ready to protect and defend ourselves, those that God entrusts to our care and at brcoalition.com forward slash course, that Battle Ready Emergency Preparedness course covers these things. Because, Jess, you are right on on that. This is, they're not even hiding this anymore. You and I were just out together in, a, yep. in Oakdale out there south of Sacramento for the men's conference. You know, we talked to these guys. You try to fire them up. And, and you know, a lot of guys, they're, they're still not in, in tune with what's going on. Their hearts are in the right place. But we've got to train up on the natural level because – Face it, they're not hiding this anymore. And I know you two, I love the fact you guys address this stuff so regularly. They're in our face about the reality of what they want to do. Yeah. Uh, once again, it's, it's, it's very clear. 
you got two teams on planet Earth. The Bible's very clear in 1 John 3.10. John the Apostle wrote 2,000 years ago, you got the sons of the devil and you got the sons of God. That's mm -hmm. it. There's no third team. There's no fourth team. And right now the sons of Satan are emboldened because they have all the levers of power. United Nations, WEC, WEF, uh, the White House, the Senate, Congress, uh, yeah. the Vatican. Uh, right now they have all the levers of power. So right now the sons of Satan, they're not even trying to, you know, in the sport of boxing, you try to uh, conceal your punch so that your opponent doesn't know when you're going to strike. Mm -hmm. They're not even, they're not even trying to conceal their, they're not even trying to conceal their punches. They are completely telegraphing what they're going to do because they feel they're so emboldened because they got most people on their side. So as Catholics, you're right, Doug. We have to think on the micro level. I can't change Washington. I can't change the Vatican. I right. can't change the, the, the governor's mansion. But I'll tell you what, I can protect myself and my family. And that's where you come in. Go ahead, Doug. Yeah, that's exactly right. And that's the way we need to look at it. I mean, protests, peaceful, good, proper protests are great. Getting out there in the elections is great. Writing letters, all that sort of stuff is great. We all need to do that. Yes. But when it when it comes down to you know, the rubber hitting the road, I've got to care for who's under my roof and myself, according to God's design. I have not only a right, but sometimes a grave duty to protect and defend, to feed. I mean, the corporate works of mercy are clear as a bell. In Matthew 25, when the Son of Man comes and the glory of all the angels separates the sheep from the goats, that whole passage is about whether you fed me, clothed me, gave me drink, cared for me. We're supposed to do this on a day-to-day -day basis, but if we're not prepared when a crisis hits, then how are we going to do that even in a more, more serious and dangerous situation? So you're right. They're telegraphing. They're in our face. They're making statements boldly about what they want to do. They're showing it. They're not hiding anything anymore. We got to pull our head out of the sand, get the head out of the bubble, get rid of the normalcy bias and start taking the steps naturally to do this. And that's what we've been pushing a lot with BR Coalition. I feel so much on my heart, guys, that God has been telling me, help people get prepared spiritually, physically. I know you guys are on board with that, too. Absolutely. You do the same thing. Doug, let me ask you this, because for the mom and dad, especially dad right now that's listening on a podcast, uh, what are going to be the benefits for dad in the sense of his role as a dad to protect the family? What is he going to get out of that four-hour class, or that course? He's going to... Yeah, perfect. Thanks, Terry. First, he's going to understand that the Catholic lens on natural preparation is clear as can be. You go back to the Old Testament, you see St. Joseph at the Old Testament and the seven years of famine, seven years of bounty. That whole dream with Pharaoh, that entire passage, that whole story speaks to natural preparation. When a father looks at, watches this four-hour course and more, and everything that we add to it is 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 included in the price that you pay for it. We're trying to make it as, as comprehensive and additionally adding pieces to it. He's going to learn about what it means to store up water, filter water, yep. store water a long time, food, food preparation, food storage, food sustainability, medical, uh, basic stuff. If you can't get to a doctor, what are the basics that you can do to cover everything from a, a cut and a scratch to a laceration or a gunshot wound? Uh, we even talk about shelter, your primary location, having plans to go to second, third, fourth places, building community, transportation, being mobile, what that means, developing better health, developing fighting skills, basic stuff so you can protect and defend all of these pieces that we all need every day of our lives, we all want. 
That's why we have the society that we do that's supposed to function in these areas. So you buy this course, you're going to get all those pieces and more. And you're going to also have twice a month the opportunity to do a live interaction with me and other, we bring in other people sometimes, medical experts and so forth to address your questions. So it's a live interactive twice a month event, as well as the four hours plus of video and manuals that we have. Again, it's brcoalition.com forward slash course. And we have a special until the end of tomorrow. The price will bump up after tomorrow because we've got more pieces that are being added to it. We really want to get people on board, especially when you look at the news. And guys, you both know this. Every single day, you just wait for another shoe to drop. Yeah. Right? It's something else every day. It's, you know, Jesse, when you and I were out in California recently, what was it? Um, uh, that morning, monkeypox was now out. I stood on the stage and said, hey, guys, it's now monkeypox. You know, I mean, it's and everybody's like, yeah, here we go again. Something new. And they're just going to keep hammering away. We have to be our own first responders and not keep relying on somebody else to come and save us. God wants us to be the first one. Quick example, guys. If I'm in spiritual deprivation of some sort through sin, I don't turn to Jesse or Terry and say, guys, what do I do? I'm the one that has to realize I got to get my soul in the confessional. I got to get on my knees and pray. I got to act upon it because I know I'm my first responder spiritually. We need to be thinking about that when it comes to the natural areas of our lives as well. Amen, brother. Doug, what's the worst case scenario if, uh, if, if society gets desperate and people start, you know, they don't have the basic needs. What can you see happening in our society? I think one of the best examples of that, and I encourage everybody to go out and listen to an audio piece that's on YouTube. It's only 17 and a half minutes. It's called A Year in Hell or One Year in Hell. It's the description of what it was like to live through the Bosnian War when the entire infrastructure collapsed and they were eating pigeons and rats and they had gangs of 10, 20, up to 40, 50 people roaming streets doing what they wanted. Women were selling their bodies for, to get a can of Spam because they had to feed their child. Hygiene was, was killing people left and right. Lack of hygiene. Uh, your toilet became a hole in the ground outside. And it goes on and on. I think worst case scenario, Jess, is we have a society that has drifted very far from God. We do not have God's grace operating in many souls because people have chosen to walk away. Therefore, when God is not there, other things enter in spiritually, worldly. And when men get desperate, even decent men, they will do horrible and desperate things even to get the basic needs. So you can imagine really societal societal collapse and catastrophe. If we have major food shortages, people will get desperate and it's going to get bad. Doug Barry, thanks for joining us here on the Terry and Jesse Show. Jess, Doug, stay with us. I'm going to ask Jesse a question. It, it, it pertains to what we're talking about. What state should we be living in, Jess? Live in a state of sanctifying grace. Don't live in a state of mortal sin. Be holy or die trying. Pray your rosary every day. Read your Bible every day. Get to Mass as often as possible. And as St. Peter says, flee this corrupt generation. And remember Our Lady of Fatima said souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices for them. Will you make those sacrifices? I will. I hope you will too. Thanks again for joining us here on the Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. God love you.